and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, the Conclacta Tapper Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Center for Analogous Thought here at Car Talk Plaza. Mm-mm. Now, now th- these are from our buddies at the Washington Post who, who occasionally ask their readers to be creative. And, and this time, they ask people to come up with analogies we're unlikely to see in literature. And here are a few that we like. Hit it, Tommy. Well, here's the first one. It came from Barbara Turner from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Jim was as nervous as an albino penguin in a bowling alley. <laughs> how, do you, how do you come up with stuff like that? I don't know. But there were some, some even better ones, I think. Here's one sent in by Chuck Smith. His mustache looked like a fuzzy caterpillar seeking shade under a big nose. <laughs> Go ahead, read a few of them. Her emotions were a mixture of fear and joy, like when you have a really good-looking stalker. <laughs> that was sent in from uh, that was something by Kevin Marshall. Here's another one from Chuck Smith. Her tears rolled down her face, playing pinball on her zits. <laughs> Oh, here's the last one from Brendan Beery. The law's purpose was inexplicable, like that weird yellow grit on the bottom of English muffins. <laughs> well, anyway, look, if your car has you scratching your head like the assembly instructions for a 14-piece dinette set from Ikea, give us a call. We're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is uh, Sid from Muckle T.O., Washington. Muckle? Muckle Teo. It means a good place to camp. Ah. In what language? Boy Scout. In Boy Scout. Uh, you know, no, I, they probably uh, the uh, local Indian language, Tulalip maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure of that. Anyhow, I got an 87 Bronco that spends about 360 days a year parked under a tree. And once in a while, I take it out to haul something. And I was doing that the other day, and it was uh, sort of a stop-and-go highway, and I started noticing that the brakes were pulling harder and harder to the left. And Mm -hmm. as I was uh, noticing that, I was also noticing that um, there was more and more travel on the brake pedal, and it began to dawn on me Uh that that probably wasn't a good thing. No. And uh, then the uh, pedal was going all the way to the floor, and I had no (laughs) more brakes. And how far had you driven it before all this happened? 20 minutes or so. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting. I had exactly the same symptom in my MGTD the other day. And it took him a week to figure out I had cut one of his brake lines. <laughs> well, I pulled over, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's got one of those foot brake parking brakes, and yeah. that seemed to work okay. Sure. So I sat there, oh, and I managed to figure out how to open the hood and look and see, and it had plenty <laughs> of brake fluid. So, by the way, after 360 days of being under this tree, how much bird poop was on this truck? Well, I usually, you know, the window wipers don't work, so I can only take it out when it's a sunny day, and I usually have to go out and spend a, a good time cleaning the windshield off. I bet. And, yeah. and what do you use this vehicle for? Well, about once a year, we need to go get some uh, mulch for our lawn, uh, for our garden, and um, uh. in this particular case, I was taking a big rug down to Seattle to some place to have it cleaned because that uh. was the only place my wife thought could do it right. And how long a ride is that? Uh, 25 plus miles. So you didn't make it? No, I didn't make it. <laughs> okay, continue your story. Okay, Sid. so I pulled over on the side of the road and uh, determined that there is brake fluid. And uh. I, so I called AAA, and they it's a busy day, and they say it's going to be at least a couple hours. So I said, what the heck? I think I can drive this thing home using the parking brake. <sighs> but the amazing thing is that I, so I was heading home, and I just went not very far, and I tried the brake again and noticed, my gosh, I'm starting to get a little brake working here again. And mm-hmm. by the time I was home, the brake was working totally as if nothing had ever happened. Mm-hmm. So it went from going all the way to the floor with no brakes mm. to coming back to acting like it was just as good as new. So the next day, did you drive it to Seattle? Uh, it's still sitting in my uh, under the tree <laughs> driveway with the rug still in it. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, it may have fixed itself. Yeah. Because I think the first thing I wrote down when you started telling your story an hour ago is is uh, <laughs> is that I, I wrote down the two words: seized caliper. Uh-huh. I think you had a stuck caliper. Okay, and and because a stuck caliper keeps that brake on all the time, it overheats the brake fluid and will cause it to boil. And when it boils, it doesn't work anymore. 
you know, so when it boils, you lose you lose brake pressure because you start making bubbles in the in the hydraulic system, and you step on the pedal and the, it sinks to the floor because it's now full of air bubbles. And then once the caliper either becomes unstuck or or cools off, if the whole if you just let the thing sit there and it cools off enough, you know, the temperature of the brake fluid will go down and everything will be like it was in the beginning. Right. It wouldn't be a bad idea to take it someplace and see if they can really free up the caliper any better. I know you don't want to spend any money on this thing because you only use it to buy mulch once a year. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's worth about the price of a brake caliper. And the fact that you only drive it once a year, it, 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 you know, it's is told me that it's the likely thing because a caliper that doesn't get exercise is likely to rust up. Well, Do, makes... doesn't rain much where you are, does it? <laughs> Just every Not day. Not under the tree. It, under the tree, it's fairly nice. Yeah, so right. If you were driving this thing every day, the caliper would be unlikely to stick because you'd be exercising it. Those slides would be moving. But because you're not driving the thing, here's what you do. Everyone so often you get in there, you just pump the pedal seven or eight or ten times and close the door. <laughs> and, scrape the bur- and, and scrape the most recent layer of bird poop off. <laughs> and you'll be good to go. But have someone look and see if you need a caliper. If you do, you'll have to decide whether or not you want to junk it. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Good All luck, right. Sid. All right, thanks. But, but that's what happened. I'm, I'm 100% sure. Okay, Me too. So I can uh, take my wife out again and uh, she'll, oh, she'll, she'll, oh, she'll, she'll won't be get in the car. No, she'll never arrive with you again. She'll never <laughs> arrive with you. Not no. in this thing. No. All no. <laughs> 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 right. Buy, buy, yourself a, buy yourself a good stereo. <laughs> See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sid. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888 Oh, hello. This is uh, Estelle from Rochester, New York. Hi, Estelle. I have a 99 uh, Volvo V70, and I was having some trouble with the steering and a whining sound. And I also had discovered a day or two earlier that I was having a leak under a 1,000 oil leak. And when I checked the oil reservoir for the power steering, it was low. I took it over to to the service center, and they topped it off, and the mechanic looked under the engine and said, you have a, a leak in the reservoir and you're going to need a new steering rack. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. But then he said something curious. He said, or you can just keep filling up the reservoir. And I thought, well, $1,200 versus 20 bucks for filling it up. Oh, it's less than that. You can buy a whole case of the stuff for 20 bucks. <laughs> fill it up yourself. Now you know where to put it, right? It's that little reservoir right on top. Yeah, but exactly. that's rotten advice. No, I don't think so. But oh. it, it depends. I mean, I know it's something you would do. Oh, no, it's not something I would do. It's definitely something you would do. I would fix it because I go to the shop every day. You wouldn't fix it. but I wouldn't fix it, no. he He obviously looked at this thing and determined perhaps that the leak is not a huge leak. That it might right. be, you know, you might have leaked a drop here or drop there. When you saw this puddle on the ground, how big was it? Um, size of my fist. Oh. But it had been, it had been um, sitting in the garage for about two or three days. Oh, that's yeah. a big leak. That's yeah, not a, a little leak. Yeah, it's a big leak. Probably. That's way too big. I know I have to eventually get this replaced, but how how long can I go with just filling it up without messing up the steering? Well, well, can you trust yourself to look? At the power steering pump every day. Sure, yes, I you, can. you can. Yeah. And, and you may notice in the the first day that you don't need any. Okay. But you may find out that you need it every three days or whatever it takes. Right. And as long as that reservoir is full, you're good. You're all right. I mean, at some point the leak will get so bad that you can't possibly pour it in fast enough. <laughs> Okay. And you'll know be that be, because when you walk into the garage to get the car out, the, the, the puddle will be bigger than the car. And, and when that happens, you'll know it's time to do it. But you could easily go a month or maybe even much longer than that. Okay. You know, as long as you don't. And here's the danger. If but you, if you forget. Well, if you forget, it's not the end of the world because, first of all, it'll just get hard to steer. Okay. Okay. But the, the other danger is that you would burn out the pump. So instead of being thirteen hundred bucks, it's going to be eighteen hundred. Okay. You know, so every time you run the pump dry, the pump sadly relies on the fluid, the very fluid that it's pumping, to sure. lubricate itself. Okay. So when it runs out of fluid, not only does it not do its job, but it also cooks itself. Ugh. You know, so the the seals and the so you need a new pump. So you need well, a new pump. So you can add five hundred bucks on. But if you don't let it ever run out. Then the pump is perfectly happy to keep. In fact, it's happier to keep pumping nice fresh fluid around all the time. Yeah. Well, you, when I noticed I, ha- I was having trouble steering, I had the whining sound. I pulled off into the parking lot of the post office. Uh-huh. I popped the top, and it was all you know foam. liquidy. 
And then I dried it off, and I put it back in, and I pulled it out, and it was dry. Yeah. So I looked down, and then there was, I could see the liquid yeah. in it. So I didn't see the bottom of the container. That would have been so bad. I, that would have been bad. <laughs> that would have been real bad, yeah. <laughs> but there was liquid, so did I not, did I hurt the pump at that point when well, I got that low? No, there's no question you damaged it a little bit. Anytime the pump makes noise, it's getting damaged. On the other hand, if the noise went away entirely when they filled it up. They did, yeah. Then it's good. You know, and it's a 99. I mean, you're ready for a new car anyway, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> we just have a baby. This one has to I can hear the baby. <laughs> you hear him? Yes, I hear him. Well, it's a nice, safe car to have if you have a baby, so you'll probably want to keep it for a while. Okay, so that, as long as I check it every day or every other day. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. get. Okay. As long as you keep it full or near full, you'll be you'll be okay. You know, but and like Tommy I, said, I, that after, I'm a little I'm a little reluctant. Now you got a little kid in the car as yeah. well. Nah, what do you, what, you? Come on. No, don't worry about it. You you got a <laughs> month. You, you, you're gonna do it within a month. I can save up the money in a month. Yeah. You're good to okay, go. Don't do worry. It. But check it every day, like Tommy suggests, and, and you'll know after a while that it you know you, how how often you have to add stuff, and you know the noise now. So when you hear the noise, as soon as you hear it. You gotta get yourself a supply oh, oh, you, of this you, stuff. You need a couple of bottles of power steering fluid. Oh yeah, you gotta okay. you gotta buy go go to the store and buy three bottles. Okay. Yeah, it's right next to the yogurt. <laughs> See you, Stel. Oh, thank you very much. All right, good luck. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. We're starting to give lousier and lousier advice. Not no, we're not starting. <laughs> Going on for a long time. We're just noticing. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'm afraid our listeners are too. See, the trouble is. We're starting to tell people to do what we would do. No. And we know how bad that is. No, no, I don't Because think... look what you drive and look what I drive. I mean, oh. would you go for a ride in either of those cars? No, my car. If I would, someone I said, would, I'll give you a ride? I would you drive. Say, no, you won't. I would drive my car anywhere. Well, I'd drive my car anywhere, too, no, but, but nobody you... would go with me. No, nobody would go with you. You wouldn't make it anywhere. <laughs> No, no, but the advice about adding the PS fluid is perfectly sound advice, especially if she doesn't have the money to fix it right away. I mean, I'm it's just, not, it's I'm not just dangerous. I'm worried that she's going to forget. Well, if she forgets, it's going to cost her an extra 500 bucks. <laughs> okay. The rest of my case, 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255, a lawyer on Car Talk. But people call this show because they want advice. We Hello? gave her advice. It was lousy. I'll admit, but we gave her Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Michael from Berkeley, Michigan. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. What do you want? Uh, do you mind if I interrupt things here? No. I got this car. Go ahead. All, All right. right, what do you want? I got a 1998 Honda Accord. Uh-huh. Got 90-some thousand miles. The weather was nice here a few weeks ago. I rode my bike to work, and my wife drove my car. Mm. And she comes home, and she says, is your car falling apart? There are these noises coming from the back. Which you, of course, don't hear because... Oh, I tune them out. Yeah, I, I don't hear anything. You tune them out. Right. right. <laughs> See, this is getting worse and worse. <laughs> so go ahead. What, so what? so we, we take it out for a drive, and um, it's some squeaking noises from the from the rear end, like a creaky door or a hardwood floor kind of noise. Mm -hmm. um, I said, oh, it's just a suspension. It's nothing. It's probably fine. We spent eight hours in the car together this past weekend, and she prevailed upon me to do something about it, which was call you guys. And these are squeaky noises? Yeah, yeah. If I stand uh, if I stand next to the back of the car and push on the trunk, ah. I can hear it kind of make, you know, short, quick squeaks. And it's mostly low speed and yeah. and bumps and braking and stuff. Tell them to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> she might. <laughs> well, what, what does she drive? Uh, she has an 03 Vibe. And her O3 vibe is is not as beat up as your '98 Accord, and doesn't make noises yet, or at least noises that bother her. Right. You know, but your car. I think your analysis of what the noises are is exactly correct. Yeah, it's nothing. Should should I lube it or something? Well, there, there are bushings. There are suspension bushings back there. This this car has independent rear suspension, and as such, it it has you know control arms that move and bushings on the control arms, and uh, there's not much else back there. It could even be something as simple as your exhaust system making noise on the little hangers that it's on. And, you know, but if you can make it make the noise by bouncing on the bumper, yeah. you, you could ask her to bounce on the bumper while you stuck your head kind of half underneath the car. And you'd tell exactly where it came from. Yeah, and you may be able to put your hand on the very thing that's making the noise, and you can lube it with, you know, liquid wrench or something like that. And then, uh, on the other hand, you could take it someplace, and they can put it up on the lift, and 
tell you what's wrong and charge you fourteen hundred bucks to fix it. <laughs> Great, thanks. You know, but I mean, you, you may have a little trouble finding it. But you know, it, it, I, my my feeling is that it's nothing serious. But with as many miles on it as you have, it might not be a bad idea to have somebody look at it. Just take it in and say, I got these squeaks in the back. Just tell me it's okay. And they will tell you it's okay, I think. Okay. All right. See you, Michael. Great. Thanks very much. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, do you happen to remember last week's puzzler? Last week's puzzler. You know, if you put me on a medieval rack and stretch my limbs in opposite directions, I don't think I could come up with last week's puzzler. Oh, really? Can we try it anyway? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, just for your information, last week's puzzler was a word puzzler about homophones. You know, ah. words that sound the same. And we'll have all the details and more of your car questions in just a minute. So please stay tuned. And even though Corey Flintoff wonders if that apprenticeship at Pipefitter's Local 201 is still available whenever he hears us say it, this is NPR. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and, of course, the answer to last week's puzzler. And yeah. this was sent in recently by a fellow named Dan O'Leary, who's trying to channel Will Shorts, I guess. <laughs> anyway, Dan wrote... I recently came upon a common one-syllable word. The word oh, is... Oh, I remember it. Nah, see? Huh? Do you remember the answer? No. Mm, I didn't think so. <laughs> the word has five letters, and it has a unique property. If you remove the first letter, the remaining four letters form a homophone of the original word. That is a word that sounds exactly the same. So the first letter of this word is apparently unnecessary for pronunciation purposes, right? Yeah. Now, if you put that first letter back... And okay. you take out the second letter. The result is yet another homophone of the original word. So the second letter is also unnecessary. Interesting language we have, isn't it? <laughs> and the question is, what's the word? Well, you know, I remember thinking this was a very interesting puzzler. Now, I, I have only one answer. But I I'm sure our listeners are going to email us 5,000 other answers. <laughs> Impossible. Well, you know, I mean, Dan only came up with one answer. I only came up with one answer. But I, you know, Give me the first letter. The first letter is S. Uh, S. Yeah. This is no time to be thinking about it. You should have been thinking about it all, all last week. <laughs> all right, I give up. And the second letter is C, and the third letter is E, the fourth is N, and the fifth is T. Cent. Oh! Right? With the first letter. Oh, it's good! <laughs> <laughs> and you wind up with the word cent, S-E-N-T. Cent or cent. Or C-E-N-T. Pretty good, eh? Well, I thought S and C were... We're going to be pivotal? Were what the first two letters had to be. But I couldn't think of any words. <laughs> anyway, who's our winner? Oh, the winner this week is Claude Lowry from Greenwood, Indiana. And for having his answer selected at random from among all the correct answers that we got, Claude is going to get a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at cartalk.com, with which... He can get our CD chock full of calls about mothers and cars. The collection is called Maternal Combustion, and it's yours, Claude, for being this week's Puzzler winner. Congratulations, buddy. Good work. Anyway, if you didn't win this week, tough noogies. <laughs> no, no, if you didn't win, you'll have another chance in the third half of the show when we do, what, the new Puzzler. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you have questions about your car or anything else, our number is 888 888- Car Talk, that's 888-227-8255. Hi, this is Ronnie from Files and Oaks. Hi, Ronnie. Uh, R-O-N-I. R-O-N-I. Where is Thousand Oaks? Thousand Oaks is in California. That's right. It's up the coast from L.A. Yeah. 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 He's 
probably been there. <laughs> I probably have. <laughs> What's going on, Ronnie? Well, I've got a 2006 Legacy Outback, and inevitably on Friday night, my tank will be getting low, and then my boyfriend gets in to drive us somewhere, and he gets very concerned that we will I'll ruin my catalytic converter because I'm low on gas. And what is his source of this knowledge? Is he, he just a big mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Or is he just a wise guy? <laughs> uh, he's just a lover of cars, and he's owned a million of them. And he thinks he saw it in the owner's manual decades ago, or when they maybe when they first came out. Well, you know, lots of manufacturers, I mean, for lots of different reasons, you don't run, want to run out of gas. Uh, and I guess there's a possibility that if you do yeah. run out of gas, you, you could, in the, in the estimation of the of the manufacturers you could harm the catalytic converter yeah i mean he's not completely wrong because if you run out of gas what he says is true but being low on gas is not enough to do it ah. so it depends on how low you are and whether it's that you're on the verge of running out of gas you don't want that to happen well on the other hand it's impossible to know you have a low fuel light on this <laughs> dashboard <laughs> right impossible. Oh. I've even got one of those indicators that tells you how many miles you can go. Well, those can uh. be off, too. I think you have to test it. You got to do it, obviously, when he's not in the car. <laughs> how how long has this guy been a boyfriend? Long time? Uh, six years. Six years? Are you hoping that your relationship goes any farther than this? Or I think is it's this, time to dump him. <laughs> or is this it? <laughs> well, obviously, we haven't figured it out yet. We need another six years. Are you really down so low that you're in danger of running out of gas? I don't know. I've never run out of gas. I think you need to. I think you need to. You need to find out, you know, how long, how many miles after the light comes on and the thing says 20 miles to empty, the thing is really out of gas. We 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 used to play. We still do play a little game here among the among the staff. We get cars to test drive, and, and this is not a game. No, it's, it's not a game anymore. It's, it's serious now. It's getting serious. And, and Tommy drives the car for a few days, and I drive it. And Doug Berman, our producer, drives. We take turns driving driving the cars, and we swap the cars. And of course, you know, if I get the car with a full tank of gas, which I do, I try to give it to the next person in line with the smallest amount of gas possible. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And and so so. And it's almost, I mean, I've seen Doug Berman sitting somewhere down the street with the engine running. Yeah. <laughs> because he's getting ready to give the car to my brother. <laughs> but but one day I one day I gave a car to him. Well, no, he gave a car to me. It was a Lincoln Town car, and it had one of those things on the dashboard that said "miles to empty." Yeah. And it said zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, it obviously wasn't right, but it might have been close. I don't know. I mean, I drove to the closest yeah. gas station. It might have been off by a mile or two, but I was tempted at that point to just drive it. And see what happens. And see what happens. So you may have to do this, Ronnie. Well, can I do it with my old Subaru Outback? Well, I won't tell you anything about this car. By the way, to answer your original question, I think what the manufacturers are worried about is that if you run out of gas and you're trying to start the car with insufficient gas, in other words, the injectors are just putting a little tiny squirt in, and you're running the car with a very, very, very lean mixture, okay, you could overheat and melt the converter. But but it's not So like your boyfriend is right about that. Okay. Yeah, technically he's right, but, but you need to find out, Ronnie, I think, how far you can push him and the gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my brother is nuts. See you, see you later, Ronnie. Thank you so much. Right. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Matt from St. Paul. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Well, I've got a 93 Escort wagon that has an interesting problem. When I'm accelerating on the highway and I'm in the left lane and I stomp on the gas, the car wants to go in the right lane all on its own without turning the steering wheel. Well, you know why? It's because that big V8 engine you have under the hood <laughs> is exactly. causing torque steer. <laughs> really? Is that typical, would you say, at this point? The car's got over 300,000 miles, and I'm wondering if I'm <laughs> running into a safety situation. I think you're running into a safety situation. Cause <laughs> yeah, I think so. so. <laughs> you haven't thought that you'd have somebody look at this thing uh, to see if the wheels are ready to fall off? 
No, that that's a rather novel idea. Yeah. How long has it been doing this? It has not been doing it forever. I bought the car used. And <laughs> Did you buy it with two fifty on it? Is uh, that, is no, it had over three hundred on it at that point. But uh, oh. it seemed to do it a little bit at first, and then it seemed to go away. But now I've driven the car recently, and it seems to have accelerated or. Uh, the problem seems to have gotten worse very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So you bought. Let me get this right. You bought a car that already had three hundred thousand miles on it. Sure. How Thinking, much you pay for it? Uh, I paid about a thousand dollars for it. What are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe this car. It it looks like it's got less than a hundred thousand on it. Really? It was, uh, it was a one owner car and had been taken care of beautifully. It was in immaculate condition. Yeah. I think when this car was made, it barely cost a thousand dollars new. <laughs> That's probably true. You so, know, the funny thing about this car is though that I've talked to a lot of people who have owned this exact car, and they all say it's been the best car they ever owned. Well, in defense of that car, I will I will say, and we used to work on escorts a lot until they kind of disappeared. I mean, they, right. they all got retired, except for yours. And, and and I will say that, aside from a few chronic problems, they were pretty darn good cars. Right. You know, and they would run for many, many miles. I don't think I ever saw one that went 300,000 miles. And, and, and the previous owner, what did that person do for a living? He apparently drove, had a, a job that she was on the road considerably. Well, I would think. Because she, she racked those first 200,000 miles on within five years. Gee, if you had to do 40,000 miles a year, would you want to do them in an Escort? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No, but, but maybe could she... you afford to do them in anything else? <laughs> right. I'm sure she got pretty good mileage, and the car was cheap. And, and obviously, she did the one thing that, that always is good for cars. She drove it at a steady speed. Right. Because yeah. changing speeds is always a killer, as you're about to find out. Okay. And it might be a killer for you, too, because I think you probably have a control arm bushing that's worn out. So when you accelerate and you add more torque, what you're doing is you're moving the right control arm such that it's pulling the, the because the back bushing is worn out, you're pulling that right wheel okay. and making it turn to the right. In other words, you're, you're, it, it would be as if someone yanked on the tie rod of just the one wheel and turned it to the right, and the other wheel isn't turning, okay. and that would make you change lanes. And while you're thinking of getting it looked at, do not drive in the left lane again. Okay. No, you, you can't, can't drive right in the right lane. lane. You'll wind up in the ditch. <laughs> because you shouldn't be driving that fast. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you want to stay in the right lane and do 20 miles an hour until you get it looked at, because it really is very dangerous. Yeah, try okay. to get it looked at within the next fifty or 60,000 miles. <laughs> On the other hand, this could be a heck of a parlor trick. You're going to be holding the steering wheel and tell your passenger, hey, watch this. <laughs> Get it looked at, Matt, before we read about you in the paper. I will do that. <laughs> Thanks for your Good. call. Thank you for your time. See you later. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is uh, Heather calling from Richmond, Virginia. Hi, Heather. Heather. What's up? Well, I'm calling about my 1991 Alfa Romeo Spider Veloci. I'm considering taking a job in Italy, and... I can bring one car with me. And that's it. <laughs> no, why would you bring? They got them over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not my car. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to finish the restoration of my car in her place of birth. Yeah. But my question to you is, is, is my U.S. Alpha sort of the same Alpha that was produced for sale in Italy mechanically? You know, am I going to be able to get parts for it there? Is there something different about that? Well, you can't get parts for it here. <laughs> oh, I know that. That's one of the reasons I thought I'd take it to Italy. Yeah, yeah you would have a better chance in Italy. Tell, tell us what you want to get done over there. Um, well, I've replaced the transmission. I've done most of the mechanical issues. I mean, I have the standard oil leak yeah. um, that will oh. never seem to go away. The leak, it's got an S on the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the leaks. <laughs> This is not one thing leaking; it's another. I, I need to do some cosmetic stuff. I can't get, I can't find a, da a new dashboard for her. It's like she's too new for the aftermarket repair. Do you, do you have any engine-related things that you need to get done? To my knowledge, no. But she has seventy thousand miles on her, so I'm always sort of afraid that something seventy is going to happen. Seventy only seventy. She's beautiful. It's like a long. You know, time you know to what? Find her. How long are you going to be in Italy, and where are you going to be? I'll be in Siganella, and I would be there for two years. Where is that? Siganella. It's on that little island off the boot. Oh, right. There's a big naval base there. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, I see. And what are you going to be? You're doing? not going to get anything done there. You know. And that. what are you going to be doing there? 
Uh, I'm in the I'm in the military. Yeah, and of course. I would be stationed there. Oh, Great. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> you probably don't speak Italian too well, do you? No, no I don't speak Italian. You, you <laughs> might need you, you might need a few guys to come along and help you translate. My brother's available. <laughs> you know, I'll have room and I'll send you an email, and you guys can visit whenever you want. Okay. Well, so so well, you know. On this little island, you might not find people who are... You're not going to find anybody on the island. And I'm beginning to think this is going to be a pain in the neck to even have with me. And do you really want Italians working on your car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean... I would be tempted to leave this car here. Okay. How big is the island, by the way? It's little. I mean, I could probably drive it and, you know... Drive all around it now. So, yeah. so your idea is that when you had when you had uh, 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 a free time, you would put this car on a ferry boat and get it to the mainland and tour yeah. around the Amalfi Coast. Yeah, it's like Coast. a two-hour ferry ride to the mainland. Right, and then you'd be free to go to Positano and all those places. Yes, and yes. around uh, Europe yeah. on vacation. Yeah. We, yeah. Could, we could meet you in Positano. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's a date. I, the ideal thing would be to take it someplace that's not on the island. Okay. Get them to fix oh, the car. Oh, yeah. And then you got to get off the island. And then yeah. when it's fixed and you take a couple of weeks off, you can tool around all over southern Italy. And then if, and when stuff that they fixed breaks, you could just take it back to them and, and leave it there until they fix this stuff again. I wouldn't do it. I mean, if the problem is getting parts, you can get the parts in Italy and ship them back. Right, because I could, I mean, I could at least, while I was there, ship get parts that I could Oh, that's, that's another possible. Right. You could find out yeah. from your guys here what they need. Yeah. And then you could have the parts sent. You could probably smuggle them out in your, you know, they make the government pay for them. Yeah, in your military guys. <laughs> Pack them in my house. Oh, no. Right, your footlocker, yeah. right? Yeah. Stop, and, getting, and if I, if you stop wanna... getting fenders in a footlocker, but I'm sure there's a way you fold them. But if you want to drive around in southern Italy or middle Italy, I would do that in a rented car. Okay. I, I wouldn't mess with this. But it, right. but it, but it, But it won't be an adventure. No. Why? She, what it's is she going to rent? No, a Honda? No, no, no. no she's no. going to rent an Italian car. No, no, car. but it won't be the same as Heather being able to say, this I car and I drove all Italy. around southern Italy when I was stationed there. She won't be able to say this it's... car because she'll be able to say the car that I used to own, <laughs> which I had to leave there because it got smashed up by some crazy Italian wacko. Oh, well, I mean... No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I think, Heather, if you want to take the car with you, you take it. It'll be something you'll tell your grandchildren about. And you'll still have the car because you'll never, you'll never let go of it. <laughs> no, no, I think, I, think, I think you take the Alpha and it'll be an adventure. Okay. And, and what's the worst thing that can happen? Worst thing that can happen is I can lose her and I have to go find her. So make one. sure you take a lot of photos so you'll have some proof that you were there with the car. And okay. I think that'll be fun. It'll be great to hang those photos on your wall and say this is when the car and I got smashed up. Yeah. Hope that it gets demolished in the first year. You'll have a whole year <laughs> to look for another one. Yeah. Well, don't be so pessimistic. I think you're going to have a great time and buona fortuna, as they say, which means good luck. Oh, thank you, guys. See you, Heather. Yeah, good luck, Bye. Heather. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. I, I think it's time for us to take a short little break. And when we come back, will you have for us a spectacular new puzzler? Mm, wishful thinking. I mean, look, when we come back, will you have a spectacular new memory? Extremely unlikely. Well, I risk my case. <laughs> but I will have a new puzzler about uh, uh, Aunt Bertha. And we'll take more of your car questions, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Someday I'm going to get myself a hoop. With black tinted windows and say copper to peel. In the front, it'll help a Betsy. So my baby can sit by my side. And I never want to wonder if they can get a ride. Never want to question when is he coming back. And they'll say, oh, that's a Mr. Shepherd in his big black Cadillac. And even though bagpipers wonder what that grating noise is every time they hear us say it, this is NPR National Public Radio. Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and uh, the new puzzler. Yeah. And I don't remember who sent this in. A fellow, a fellow named Larry Gordon. 
I think. And he's probably thrilled right now. So. No, he's thrilled, but he won't recognize the puzzle. <laughs> he won't recognize and I, and, anything. And, and I mean no disrespect to Aunt Bertha, <laughs> Larry, but... I know that this guy's going to say, I sent that in. <laughs> You've obfuscated it, shall I, we say. I, 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 it happens. I changed the story a little bit, but we'll see, we'll see how it shakes it, out. Yeah, it's unrecognizable, am I right? Except for the Aunt Bertha part. <laughs> When, okay. when I was when I was a kid, I always looked forward to the Christmas visits from my aunt Bertha. She was always fun. Every year, she gave me the same present: two pairs of hand knitted wool socks. We lived in San Diego, and I didn't really need wool socks, but it was the thought that counted. Yeah. In 1951, when I was 10, our folks told me that Aunt Bertha would not be coming for Christmas. She wasn't feeling well, and at her age, the trip was difficult to say the least. I kind of sensed that this was pretty much the end of the wool socks, and I was right. It was also the end of Aunt Bertha. Before the week was out, she was dead. Now, when the county medical examiner filled out her death certificate, he, of course, had to list a cause of death. Now, I can't be 100% sure, but I think Aunt Bertha could well have been the last person in the U.S. to die and have this listed as his or her official cause of death. Now, there were many Americans who died of the same thing in 1951 and before, but none after. Ooh. The question is, what did Aunt Bertha die of? Now, if you think you know the answer... She was the last person in this country to die of it. Yeah, and if you think you know the answer, write it on the underside of a VL89 luxury pool table in feathered mahogany with diamond sanded frame, cast iron supports, Italian slate playing surface, noise-deadening pockets, and, of course, table cover, and send it along with architectural plans for a 16-by-20-foot addition <laughs> to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge, Our Fair City, Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. If you have a car question for us right now, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Sarah. I'm from Blacksburg, Virginia. How are you? Is that a Sarah with an H? It is with an H. Thanks for asking. Well, <laughs> well it's so difficult to tell. Yes. <laughs> but I, I do have a 2001 uh, Forester, Subaru Forester. Okay. Yeah. And I've been having a lot of problems when I excel, and it's only on when you turn the wheel to the right. Wait, wait, when you what? Accelerate? Yes. Accelerate. Okay. Yes. And, and what's the problem you have? The noise is it's almost like it's a shimmy, but it's more of like a gong, 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 gong kind of sound. And as you excel, it gets louder and it also uh, increases in timing as well. I am almost positive it's on the right side of the car, but my husband insists on the left side of the car. <laughs> So ah. you don't really know where it's who's, coming who's from. Who's driving? Um, you are. Yes. When he's driving, he's saying it's on the left, and I can feel it underneath me on the right. But I usually drive anyway, and I, I seems it's a little bit more difficult to gauge where it is when I'm driving. But when I'm in the passenger seat, I seem to notice it almost underneath me. And he thinks no matter where he sits that it's coming from the left, or that is the driver's side? Yeah, he never sits in the passenger side. <laughs> oh, he never sits... <laughs> And if he were to sit in the passenger side, he might feel the same thing on the floor that you're feeling. He may. Well, yeah. it must be coming from the middle then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you must have uh, you must have a hundred thousand miles in this car. Oh yes, I do. Yeah, and and it's got to be a bad uh, constant velocity joint, and and uh, it usually is the case that if you're making a right hand turn and you're getting the boom 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 boom, it's usually worse if it's the left axle joint that's gone. So, okay. it's, so it's the one on the left. So I think he's right. I mean, we're on the left. <laughs> I think he's figure. left. He's left to be right. He's right to be left. <laughs> now he's going to say, you've been in car talk, and now see, I, you've proven me right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he, he could still be wrong. I would go with your instincts, and I would trust whoever has to work on the car. We'll figure it out. Okay. So probably the left side. I think it's, it's the left outer CV joint, in which case you re would replace the entire left axle. But considering the age of the car, I wouldn't be surprised if the boots were torn on the other front axle as well. Okay. That, cause so, we thought that maybe it, that there was a bowing on the actual wheel, 
and that I should just replace all my tires first. No, it's not tires. Okay. No, if it were, you'd be getting the noise when you went straight ahead. And, you know, if you were on a quiet street driving the car, you'd hear boom, 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 boom okay. while you were moving straight ahead. You can try also accelerating hard from a dead stop and not turning the wheel. You might be able to reproduce it. Okay. Sometimes if it's, if it's an axle, you can get it to do it then. But it almost always will do it when you're making the axle bend because that's what happens. You have to make the constant velocity joint uh, flex, actually, when you make turns. And how long has it been making this noise? Um, I would say about... Years? Has it been years? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, less than, I would say, a month or two. Okay. Yeah, you're not in any danger. You're not in danger yet. Wonderful. Yeah. But, yes. <laughs> but have, it, have it done. There's no sense waiting. Okay. See you, Sarah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for your Good call. Good luck. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8250. Hi, this is David from sunny Newberry Park, California. Hi, David. Wow. What's going on? Um, I have just purchased a 1995 Isuzu Trooper, and it had a low 67,000 miles on it, and now I'm having some buyer's remorse because of shifting difficulties. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. And what kind of shifting difficulties are you having? Well, um, most of the time, basically, when I take off in first gear, it, it kind of lurches back and forth just a little bit, you know, kind of like when you first learn how to drive a manual transmission. Oh, and this is a manual transmission? Yeah, it's a five-speed manual. Okay. Uh -huh. So at low RPM, first gear seems like it's geared like a tank, and it just doesn't want to accelerate smoothly. And then, and, and, and what it does is it really starts jerking back and forth? Yeah, definitely, and sometimes uh, that happens in second gear, too. Now, I thought this, this could be two things. I'm thinking it might be the clutch, but also the idle kind of fluctuates between, say, 700 and 1,000 RPM every now and then. Mm -hmm. So I thought that it, that may be like a timing belt or some kind of accelerator problem. But more recently, and this only happens periodically, when I add a little bit of RPM, either in first gear or in reverse and engage the clutch, then I get this noise that kind of goes, you know, but not like a belt. Yeah. Oh, like a, like a clutch that's slipping. Yeah. Oh. So, so I didn't so, know if it was a clutch plate thing or, you know, uh, what. Well, it could be. How long, how long have you had this, you said? I mean, a month and a half. Month yeah, of... and 67,000 miles is nothing. It's right, exactly. So I'm like, I'm thinking, gosh, what did I just buy someone else's headache? Oh, yeah, you know that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did you expect? I mean, But uh, you know how to check the clutch. A well, quick, I think... A quick and well, dirty check. Tell me the quick and dirty. Well, so drive up to it. Go drive to a drive tree. Up this, to is a my tree. this is my brother's <laughs> remedy. Slowly drive up to a tree. Slow, slowly drive up to a tree so that the front of the car is right near the tree, yeah. right touching the tree, and put on the handbrake. Engine's running, and you put it in fifth gear, and you slowly take your foot off the clutch, revving it up as you do. Okay. So you're going to end up with the clutch all the way out, revving it up as fast as it'll go, because yep. it's not going to go anywhere. And if it keeps running, you need a clutch. Right. Don't, don't oh, okay. do this against your your wife's prized dogwood tree. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, if, it friend. should. And see, if, you're, if, you're if the clutch is working, it'll stall right out. Okay. And if it isn't working correctly, you'll hear the noise. The <laughs> and the thing will probably continue to run as the clutch slips. Uh, so it could be that you need a clutch. But alternatively, I mean, if it, let's assume it passes that test. The other possibility is that your idle speed is too low yeah. and your timing, your ignition timing is too retarded. Okay. And that, that could also cause the thing to buck. I'm but not, betting but that not that's, the noise. That's what it is. So none of this stuff was in evidence when you test drove the vehicle. No, not at all. I mean, that's just it. I, I was so proud of myself, man. I crawled under the vehicle. I checked everything else. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the juju just kind of came out of the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. Well, that can happen. But I, I think Tommy's test is good. Okay. You know, and then you'll put a clutch in it. It'll be a nice project. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can tell that you're up for doing this yourself. Oh, man. You can tell that I'm a cheapskate, huh? No, <laughs> no, no. I can tell that no, you're, ad a... you're an adventurer. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah, and a trooper is a good one to do this job with. Oh, yeah. You don't even need a lift. You can do it right on the ground, man. Oh, yeah, with that 500-pound transmission <laughs> on your chest. Good luck. Make sure you notify next of kin when you start the project because <laughs> yeah, they right. may want to make the arrangements in advance. <laughs> See you, David. Thanks so much. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, boys. This is Natalie calling from New Haven, Connecticut. Hi, Natalie. Natalie. What's Natalie. going on in New Haven? Anything exciting? Yeah, not much. 
much, but me, I'm in need of a new or a used car, and I need your help. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Well, there are two facets to the problem. Yeah. One is the easy part, which is I'm a single mother on a limited budget, mm-hmm. so I need something reliable, practical, safe, four doors, good gas mileage, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Sure. <laughs> and you've got 100 bucks to spend. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, part two. <laughs> yeah, okay, facet two, here's the hard part. The problem is I'm a nut. My previous cars have been a 55 Buick and a 56 Studebaker. Oh. And I just, I can't do it. I know I need, you know, a Toyota Corolla. I went and looked at one. It's fine. A Honda Civic. Lovely. I just, I need something with, with zest. Pizzazz? Pizzazz, exactly. So you are right now driving a 56 Studebaker? <laughs> Actually, that's for sale. I'm borrowing my sister's car, and that's just oh. not working too well. How much you want for the Studebaker? <laughs> Yeah, Wait a minute. Uh, We're not here to buy cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, how much are you looking for? Uh, 20 to 25. 20 to 25 what? Thousand. Thousand? Get out of here. What are you, <laughs> nuts? <laughs> I thought you were going to say $25. <laughs> but that's usually his budget. So anyway, what... what it's uh, a classic. It's a golden hawk. So you, How so old's the baby? 17 months. Oh, you got to get some something serious here. Yeah, you can't be driving those How much money you got? Maybe more if I siphon it out of his college fund. Well, how much? How many miles a year do you drive? At the moment, probably not over five thousand. But someday soon, I might be going back to work, and I might have a more uh, longer commute. My brother's been saying that for twenty-five years. <laughs> yet. You know, so, so what do you have your eye on? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I thought of the PT Cruiser. Well, you can get one of those certainly for twelve thousand dollars. Sure. Not a new yeah, one. Yeah, its mileage isn't great. It's like in the twenties. I'm looking. Why? You're only driving 5,000 miles a year. Yeah, and your Studebaker probably gets six miles to the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> and you never even noticed. Right, you're, uh, but you're, you're up for a 100% increase in mileage here. <laughs> right? Yeah. See, on 5,000 miles a year, you don't need something with great mileage. If you can get 20 miles to the gallon, you're doing fine. It would be nice to do better. So what else is what else is on the the short list here? What else have you looked at? The well, I looked at a Hyundai Elantra on the recommendation of a friend, and there just there were certain things I didn't like about it. Okay. Well, it certainly doesn't have the pizzazz of a PT Cruiser. That, no, indeed. Sure. Okay. Um, what else? Have we, well, things like those little boxy, tiny wagons, like the the Honda Fit and the the Nissan Versa. Yeah, I love both of those cars. Actually, it, I I especially love the Honda Fit. That's a nice little car. It is a nice little car. I'm just wondering about the safety. Well, it's going to be safer than a 56 Studebaker, which had no seat belts. I put in seat belts, but the things, uh, yeah, the yeah. brakes are the brakes are a little iffy. Yeah, no, yeah. I would I would take any car made today anywhere in the world over your your Studebaker in terms of safety. Uh, wait a minute. The only you... the only way your Studebaker is safer is if, is if you're parked in the driveway <laughs> and Going a, vroom 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 and a tree falls on. <laughs> In that case, I'd say How it's did you probably. Know? You were out there last night watching me. It's probably safer than the Elantra if a tree falls on it or a cement truck backs into your driveway. <laughs> then you're good. And smashes into your car by mistake. Otherwise, I think if you're actually going to move the thing down the road, like with the other vehicles, then you're probably better off with anything that's being made today, including the Elantra and the Honda Fit and the PT Cruiser. All right. How about the Scion XB? I like the Scion. I, I had Scion written down here. I don't. I like the Scion XB, except I'd wait till next year. Yeah, because it doesn't have enough airbags in it yet. Right, and I think the new the new this is the last year for this car next year. But you you might not be able to afford a new one. That's going to be probably. I'm guessing that when that comes out next year, it's going to be 15k. Could you swing that? Well, if you <laughs> you got it. Okay, you can swing it. No, no, but if you're going to get fifteen to twenty thousand, need to go to college. If you're going to get fifteen to twenty thousand bucks for the Studebaker. You got You can spend something reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Look, Natalie, college is way overrated. I mean, Tommy and I both went to college, and you can see what it did for us. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, for the short term at least, I wouldn't be afraid to go out and get yourself a PT Cruiser. I mean, why not? Sure. All right. The other vehicle you may want to look at is the Chevy HHR. Oh yeah. It looks like a little panel truck. It's kind of. It's in the same mode is the is the PT Cruiser. It kind of looks like it's a knockoff of the PT Cruiser. It, it 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 might be worth a trip to the Chevy dealer. It's very cute and it definitely has pizzazz. Alrighty. If you don't like that, get the Honda Fit. Okay. And if you don't like that, call in, back. In a year or so, you can go and get a Scion XB. 
And meanwhile, I'll sit in the driveway with the scooter baker going, vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> and watch out for falling trees <laughs> and yeah. cement trucks. See, I, mean, I think your main concern is going to be safety because you've got a little kid there. So forget about the pizzazz. If you have to trade off pizzazz for safety, you've got to go with safety. Yeah, well, I was hoping for both. Well, you can get both, well, but you're not going to do it for 12000 bucks, maybe. All right. You know. Yeah. All right? Okay. See you, Natalie. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Mm, me uh, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin, the Barbarian, and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parotti. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor just back from the East Laredo fried tomato, baked potato, pasta Alfredo, chocolate tornado, clean your Plato is John Bugsy Lawler. <laughs> our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin of Error. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our staff orthopedist is Denise Hoyt. Our wardrobe advisor is Luke Howard Fitzhugh. Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Mohammed Ahmed Ahmed. Our <laughs> physics graduate student is Laura Vernersha. Our feng shui consultant in Mumbai is Ria Ranjit. Our Russian chauffeur is Pikoff and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to academics in tweed cargo shorts in Harvard Square as Huey Louis Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack the Tappert Brothers. Remember this, don't drive like my brother. Don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. CDs of the show, which is number 718, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week on cartalk.com, our new free podcast. Proving once and for all that if you listen to our show again, it doesn't get better. <laughs> That's the new <laughs> Car Talk podcast. Available anytime at cartalk.com. of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, and WBUR in Boston. And even though Phil Spector reminds himself to find out who does my hair every time he hears us say it, this is NPR, National Public Radio.